Thanks, Dan. My name's Peter. Our reading from God's Word this morning is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. If you have one of the church Bibles, it's on page 1182. Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Good morning. Great to see you all here. It's a privilege again to be able to share from God's Word. We love this church. Um, my wife Heidi's here as well. It's great to be here and to um, see you all again. It's only been a few weeks since I've been here, actually, so it's great. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I always like to pray before we get into God's Word because we need God to speak to us through it, and we need His Spirit to work in us as well as we hear from it. So let's do that today. Father Lord, we thank you so much for your Word. We thank you so much for the Bible that you speak to us through it. We thank you so much that um, it's, it's alive and that we can, uh, we can be impacted by it, Lord. We're, we're so thankful that it's so accessible for us too in, in, here in the West, in, in our country, that we can have a Bible in our hands and, yeah, and just have the freedom to read it and to hear from it. So we just want to um, thank you for that. And we pray today, Lord, as we do hear from it, that you will speak to us, that you will impact our hearts, that you will uh, move our hearts to consider uh, where we stand before you, our, our sin, and help us to turn to you and repent of our sin. Help us to be uh, moved to live a life that is pleasing to you. So we do pray for that as we hear from it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're going to start with a video. It's from YouTube. It's from Google, and it's on YouTube. And I'm going to ask Alex to play that now. So today is the first Sunday of 2018, and I thought it'd be good to watch that video to sort of just sum up, review what 2017 was like, and I loved watching that. I mean, it was really moving and touching. Uh, I love seeing all the things that happened in the year, and although a lot of that happened in, in the US, um, but there were some things that happened in other parts of the world as well, and I just found it so intriguing that, that, that Google data can show us what was on the minds and the hearts of people using their search engine. It's so interesting, isn't it? Um, because throughout 2017, whether it was finding out how to protect your house from natural disasters or how to be a better parent or superhero in our world, with, with tragedy and trials, Google, our trusty search engine, it props itself up to be a source of hope. 
Google can give us the answer to our questions. Google has the solutions. Google can help us to move forward. It's such a compelling ad, isn't it? As humans, we're often on the search for answers. We want answers for how we can do better in life. How do we do better in our relationships? How can we do better with our finances and money? How can we find success or satisfaction in our jobs? How can we be a, a better friend, husband, wife, or parent to our children? We look for the answers through Google, self-help books, or the life experience of family and friends. And once we find the, the comfort and answers and knowledge, we can move forward. For many of us here who are Christians, where are you looking for answers on how you can move forward? I understand not everyone here um, is a regular churchgoer. You might not even be a professing Christian. You're just here to check out Christianity. I hope that this is insightful for you. But for the Christian, the search doesn't begin with Google, does it? For the Christian, the search begins with God. What we're going to see today in Colossians 1 is a, is a model prayer for us, but one that uncovers to us where the answers are and how we move forward as Christians. And as we celebrate the new year, let's start off with the God who not only has carried us through 2017, but has the answers for 2018 and helps us move forward in all of life. So if you have your Bibles, stay open with me at um, Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to um, go through it. Let's unpack it. Verse 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So firstly, God tells us here that moving forward is asking for the knowledge of God's will. But what does that even mean? You see, briefly, the context of this passage is that Paul's writing to the Colossian church, right? And he gives thanks to God for them. He's heard much about them. He hears how they're really growing in their faith. It's like the reports I hear about Southside, how you guys are growing here, growing in your faith. He then tells them he's praying for them. He hasn't stopped praying for them. But this is what he prays for. He prays that God will fill them with the knowledge of God's will through spiritual wisdom and understanding. He asks God to fill them. Think about that. Friends, we're not yet full. Now, don't get me wrong. We've been filled with God's Spirit from the day we became believers, but we're not filled with the knowledge of God's will. And so what Paul means is that we need to grow in this knowledge. It's, it's the idea of, of being matured or, or sanctified. The idea that, that God will continue to fill you with the knowledge, His knowledge, and, and grow you. It, it comes back to the idea that the Christian life is a marathon. It's not just a sprint. We are pilgrims on a journey. We, we are going somewhere. It's never a story of, I was, I was at a, a, a rally when I was younger, or a church youth camp, or a Billy Graham event, and I was... I went up to the front and gave my life to Jesus at the end. There's more to it, more to our stories, isn't there? I know some of, many of us might have only been a Christian for the last few years, and we all want to keep feeding from God's Word. We want to keep growing in it. Paul elsewhere in the Bible talks about how we move on from milk to solid food. We grow. We grow in our knowledge of God's will and the way we mature as Christians. And it's like all of life. We don't want to stay as immature people. We don't want to stay as teenagers. We want to grow up. We want to become adults. We don't want to spend all day playing with our toy soldiers and sucking on our thumbs. Some of you might. But we want to be treated like adults. We want to act like adults. And as Christians too, we want to know that moving forward in life begins with prayers that ask God to do the work of filling us. 
filling us with the knowledge of who He is, filling us with the knowledge by His Spirit. We don't want to stay young and immature in our faith, do we? We want to be filled. We want to, that should be our goal, to grow in our faith and mature in it. But then we've got to stop and think, well, what exactly is His will that we want to be filled with? What the knowledge of His will? When we speak of God's will, we usually speak of it in terms of what God wants us to do, right? We want to discover His will for me. We always want to know what God wants us to do in life, what, what job we should go for, or what we should study. It's a common question many of us ask. I need to know God's will for me, and often we feel paralyzed until we know that answer. I know for many of my friends and in my circles, I, I often hear them saying, I think, it, I think it's God's will for me to study medicine or, or study law. God's will for me is to, is to buy that big house, to live comfortably in retirement. In my circles, I hardly hear people telling me, I, I think it's God's will for me to, to be a garbage collector. I think it's God's will for me to, to flip burgers at Macca's. I think God really wants me there. It's interesting, isn't it? Some will go searching for it. And what they'll do is they'll play Bible Lotto. Have you, have you ever heard of that? You know, they'll open their Bibles and they'll, they'll just flip to a random page. They'll close their eyes and they'll just point to a passage. This is God's will for me today. This is the verse of the day. The Spirit prompted me in this way. But you're in trouble, aren't you? I mean, if you opened your Bible and you, you opened it to something like Job 16, verse 3, it says, will your long-winded speech never end? And, I mean, that might apply to Mikey, but not to me, you know? Or you might open it again and you, you're in trouble when you find yourself at Matthew 12, 34, I think. It says, you brood of vipers, do you realize that you're actually evil? Oh, wow, is that what God's saying to me right now? I'm a, I'm a snake? You know, it's one of those things. That like, Would that be God's will for you today? Playing Bible lotto. But that's how some of us seek God's will. As if this is how we discover what God has in store for our lives. In many cases, if we're honest with ourselves, God will, God's will has only ever lined up with our comfortable and convenient plans. We all make our decisions thinking that we have all the answers, so we don't need to ask God. We just want God to affirm us. We want God to affirm our life decisions. We want God to be in line with our selfish pursuits and desires because we, be we believe we know what's best for us. But I think there's more to it here. What if, what if the knowledge of God's will is to be filled with the knowledge of Christ? To know Jesus in the good times, but also in the suffering. What if God's will allows discomfort in our lives? That sometimes the gospel calls us to make sacrifices for the sake of others, to forgive when it hurts, to serve our enemies, or to be generous with our money. What if God's will for you is to bless those who hate you, like Jesus did? Friends, the answer on how you and I do life is here. It's in the Bible for us. God has spoken to us in Jesus, in the gospel. Will we continue to fill ourselves with this knowledge of Jesus and move forward becoming more like Him in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions? He never says here, pray that you'll discover God's will or you will find God's will or uncover God's will, does He? He says to be filled with the knowledge of His will. We should already have this knowledge. 
God's will isn't hidden to us. We know this because Paul, we know that Paul intends this here in verse 9 because if you go, if you have your Bibles open, you can read from chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. He says, His goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If that's what Colossians 2, 2 to 3 says later on in the letter, knowing the mystery of God is synonymous here with knowing the will of God. It's to know Christ. That's God's will for you and I, friends. See, when we begin filling ourselves with the knowledge of the gospel, we begin looking at life built around God and His church. We start looking at our career, our lifestyle, our, our, the schooling for our kids, our studies. We build our life around not those things, but the church. We want to build our life around the church because we want to serve and, and love God and His people. And I'm so encouraged by the people I, I speak to who say they've moved into the suburb because they want to be on mission with the church. It might take them an hour to get to work in the mornings now, but they want to be closer so they can open their house up to do hospitality and bless the people in their church and the new people that they meet. It's so encouraging when I hear people making decisions because they want to put the gospel at the center. Because we want the gospel to determine our lifestyle. We want the gospel to determine the way we live. That's God's will for us. Do you see that? To be filled with the knowledge of God's will essentially means growing in the gospel. Growing in the gospel and centering our lives upon it. So where do we begin with finding answers and moving forward? It's not Google, is it? It's tapping into the knowledge that we already have in Jesus. We begin with the gospel at the center of our lives. We begin with our Lord, our Savior, our King, Jesus. So simply put, you and I who, who know the salvation of God, we already have the answers on how to do life in this world and to move forward. That's the first point we need to take home as Christians. It begins with maturing more in the gospel of Jesus. But secondly, Paul wants us to know that moving forward in the Christian life is not just seen as an increase in the knowledge, but evidence of a Christ-centered life, a life that's focused on living for Jesus, right? So he uses the, this idea of bearing fruit. When our life is focused on Christ, we approach life in a whole different way, don't we? I mean, we don't come to just Sunday services and, and, and growth groups or, or conferences just to learn more, right? We don't come just to become smarter sinners. You see, the, the whole purpose of knowing God's will is that so we can live it out. Verse 10 says, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Moving forward, moving forward like the Google video says for the Christian, moving forward is, is living life worthy of God, bearing fruit in our lives. We want to learn from the Bible so we can turn away from our sinful desires we turn away from living life our own way instead towards God, living life His way. That's repentance. When we understand and are impacted by the knowledge of God's extravagant and undeserved love for us in Jesus, our, our minds and our hearts are impacted and transformed. And as Christians, we'll bear fruit. There will be this, this evidence, like, like a tree, this, this analogy of a tree that, where people rooted rooted in God, who do everything we do, bearing fruit in the Lord, in Jesus, in the gospel. That's 
when we put on our gospel lens, our whole lives change. That whole bearing fruit idea is like a heart that's been so moved by the gospel that it overflows into our lives of how we live it out. That's bearing fruit. And I love it how, um, how C.S. Lewis, the writer of Narnia, he puts it well when he says this. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. You see, once our minds are impacted by the gospel and our hearts are changed, we see and treat all of life with a new perspective, don't we? A, a new clarity. Life itself, life itself comes into this full 4K HD focus. We begin seeing how we can be a better spouse, how we can be a, a better friend, how we can prepare, prepare our hearts for rejections at work or financial problems, how we deal with issues like pain, disaster, sickness, and death. We have the answers, and we can move forward because Jesus, who holds all the answers in the palm of his hand, inspires and empowers us to do so. You see, the gospel is powerful, isn't it? It, it shapes our character. And when we understand the gospel in our minds, in our hearts, we, when we see the, the patience and, and kindness, faithfulness, generosity, and the forgiveness of Jesus, we're inspired to be like him too. The Christian faith, friends, isn't some shallow tack-on title we give to ourselves because we go to church. The Christian faith actually colors and shapes everything we think, do, and say. So if you and I were to type into Google, how do I live the Christian life? The answer will be along the lines of what is here in this prayer. Bear fruit. Life evidenced by gospel fruit is one that's transformed by the gospel. That's how you live out the Christian life. And so like Paul, let's pray this for one another as well. Let's pray this for ourselves and for others that, to have a wisdom when we have to make decisions in life, what we study, for example, or, or what kind of job we take, or where we send our kids to schooling. Let's pray for a wisdom to make decisions in life, one that comes from the gospel. Let's pray for the gospel to shape it all. When we face the crisis in life, when we face the joys in life, the highs and lows, when we think about relationships, marriage, when we think about getting a job or raising our children, we find our answers here in the gospel. Next time you're deeply hurt by a parent or a friend or a colleague or even a stranger, consider this, how can I forgive them as Christ has forgiven me? If you're looking to buy or move to a new house or apply for a new job, consider how does this decision impact my spiritual and church life? When thinking about marriage, consider, is this someone who will proactively encourage me to love Jesus more? And when you're suffering, look to Jesus, our suffering servant, who on his time on earth experienced hunger, temptation, betrayal from family and friends. He lived an exhausting life, serving others sacrificially, and then died a lonely death, crucified as a criminal on a Roman cross. In your suffering, will you seek help from the one who is not only all-powerful but understands the depth of your physical, emotional, and spiritual pain? Instead of praying for the pain to go away, will you consider how can God be glorified instead in my circumstances? You see, this is the model of prayer that Paul prays, to pray that we will approach all of life transformed by the gospel. Bearing fruit, living that out practically, Moving forward in life is going to be all about a life lived out for Jesus and for others. But Paul adds in his prayer, to live out the gospel is to do it, verse 11, being strengthened with all power 
according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's beautiful, isn't it? To be empowered, to bear the fruit of the gospel in our lives is found in the strength, the endurance, the patience and joy that you have from the gospel itself. Paul is clear here. The gospel is that you and I have been rescued from darkness to light by Jesus into a relationship with God himself. Our sins have been forgiven, friends. We've been saved. God has answered our greatest need before we even went searching for it. We've been saved from darkness. We've been saved from eternal separation from God, from the source of goodness and joy. And we, through faith in Jesus, can now have that eternal life with God, gifted to us. He is worthy of worship, isn't He? He is worthy to live for. He is worthy of our time and our energy and our money and relationships and our entire lives because we've been rescued. Moving forward with strength, endurance and patience will come when we recognize the very thing that empowers us, this gospel truth. We've been saved. We have an inheritance. We have true hope in a fallen world where, where, like we saw, natural disasters, wars, famine, corrupt governments, sickness, broken relationships, and lots and lots of pain exists. We've been saved to this future hope of the kingdom of light through Jesus because it's the work of Jesus on the cross, His death, His resurrection that has purchased our ransom. It's redeemed us from death and given us forgiveness for our sin. And so Paul, the writer of this letter, he gets the gospel, doesn't he? He knows the answers to life's biggest problems. And he prays this prayer for the gospel to be evident in the lives of the believers. Is that our prayer for ourselves and the prayer for those around us? Is it how we want to move forward in life? How we want to see those around us move forward too? Do we know we already possess the answer to how to do life, how to, how to view our relationships, how to deal with our issues, how we deal with our insecurities and our identity? The answer to the search on how to view our lives is answered here. View our life in light of the gospel that saves us and gives us new life and future hope. This is what moving forward for the Christian looks like. And so as we think of a few applications for us to consider, this is Paul's prayer. That means that this life shaped by the gospel, bearing fruit in the gospel, is hopeful and possible because Paul is trusting that God will do this in the hearts of the Christian. You and I, we want the answers. We want guidance. We want direction. We want to move forward. How? Trusting in God's Spirit at work through prayer. What Paul is doing is showing us dependence, isn't he? He's showing us a trust in God through speaking to God. That's the beautiful gift of prayer to us. We can depend, we can rely on God. Do you know that? Do you ever tap into this gift of prayer? While it's easy to, to ask Google Home or Siri for answers, we get to talk to a God who has given us the ultimate answer to our greatest problem. He has given us eternal life itself. Do we trust Him also with shaping us and our perspective? Do we also trust Him with transforming our hearts, helping us to bear gospel fruit? 
Do we trust Him? Do we believe He is more true and right than the great and majestic Google itself? Paul's prayer models something to us. Moving forward isn't about us. It's about God at work in us. It's about trusting and desiring God to work in and through us, to be instruments of change in a fallen and broken world. As we do that, will you then consider, secondly, how in word and deed will you express the gospel as central in your life? What will bearing fruit in your life look like this year? Will you enhance or embrace sorry, the opportunities to express your love for God? Will you make the most of every opportunity to love another human being? Treat them with integrity to show grace, to display humility so that Jesus, the one who has saved you and I, can be glorified through you? Will the gospel shape your actions, your decisions, the way you relate to others? Will the gospel affect the way you love the broken, the refugee, the poor? Does it drive you as you think about disaster and abuse in our world? Does it drive you to prayer? Does it drive you to be a change in the world, even in the minutia of the day-to-day interactions that we face, the way we use our time and the conversations that we have with people? As 2018 rolls in, let's be honest. How to move forward isn't going to be answered by Google. You'll never be satisfied with the search results unless you're looking for a recipe or something. But Google says at the end of the video, it says, search on, doesn't it? If you remember the video, it says search on, because why? The search never ends. I mean, that's why the web needs to keep producing content. It needs to keep producing content again and again for an unsatisfied and discontent world. Friends, you and I, we have the answer to the ultimate question, and we've received that answer in Jesus, the one who saves our very souls from the city of darkness to the eternal city of light. Let's move forward into the new year with a resolution to live lives that this prayer by Paul hopes for. Lives that are maturing, being filled with the knowledge of the gospel. But lives also that are being shaped by Jesus through listening to God's word in the Bible. Bearing gospel fruit by the power of God's spirit that lives in us. Let's move forward, friends. And let's pray prayers for our lives and each other that put the gospel at the front and center of everything we do. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the good news that we have in Jesus. And Lord, many of us have heard the message of the gospel many times before. Many of us have, have remembered the old story of Christ on the cross for us. But Lord, we pray that that truth will never get old, and it will never get stale in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that not only will our minds be reminded of it each week we go to church or go to growth group or read our bibles but lord that our hearts will be so impacted by it that we'll be filled with the love that comes from you that we'll be that that the the joy of knowing who you are the relationship that we have with you will overflow not only in our in our minds and our hearts but to our hands and the way that we love and serve others we pray lord that we will be a church here at southside a church that puts the name of Jesus in bright lights across our city, that we can do that not only just by word or Facebook, but we can do that by action, that we can go out and be a a people bearing fruit in the gospel. I pray that for us, Lord, that the, the words of this prayer by Paul will impact our hearts so deeply 
and that this prayer will go before you, Lord, and that you will, that by your Spirit, Lord, you will do this in our hearts, in our minds, that you will, by your Spirit, move our hearts so that we can live for you and be Christians who glorify your name and live for your glory. So we pray for that in your Son's name. Amen.